Welcome to Let's Get Real, a podcast brought to you by Brittany Taylor, who shares reflections and experiences from her own unique life. General themes of the podcast thus far include natural pregnancy and healthy alternative living. The main aim of Brittany's shares is to speak from a place of open authenticity with a desire to inspire you to tap into and live more of your own unique truth, whatever that may look like for you. All are welcome here. It is an honor to be sharing in this journey together. Hi, beautiful beings. This is Brittany, and I have not recorded a podcast in a really long time, so this is pretty exciting. And I'm going back to more of the original topic that this podcast was about, has been about, so that's pregnancy, birth, postpartum. And we're going to be talking about postpartum today, about how to have an amazing postpartum, how to set yourself up for the most ideal postpartum you could plan for, I guess, because there's always... (laughs) you know, the stuff we can't plan for. And I'm here with Bridget. Hi. Hi. I guess the last time you recorded a postpartum podcast was when you were maybe in postpartum, do you think? I think so. I might have actually recorded one after my postpartum, just reflecting on it. Yeah. Yeah, and also, so Bridget, this is Bridget Woolleet. Hi. Hi. I'm Bridget. You might know Bridget um, just as who she is out in the world or as my partner or as somebody that has been on this podcast once or twice before yeah once we did a a, the herbs that we did for your pregnancy and postpartum right so if you want we might we will definitely actually reference herbs and when we do we will we'll speak to that podcast a little bit so for details I'll put that in the show notes below so today we really want to talk about this time because it's such a powerful time Mm. and I think it's an underappreciated time in our culture Totally. And it hasn't been that way for all of history. I think that's much more modern day, faster pace. Um, And the postpartum time is so much about integration and receiving and allowing that that really feminine, Mm. those feminine qualities that aren't necessarily as supported in our culture. Such a time for regeneration. It is. I love that. I love that in those six weeks after birth that the body is regenerating all the organs and everything is moving back into place and healing and I think in today's society most people think that postpartum is just taking off from work and it's such a powerful time to rest and to go within and to have help and resources available and to nourish the body in all the ways so that the body can regenerate and yeah so I'm excited to share about all those things today with you yeah we're going to talk about so many details we're going to talk about what we each do as individuals and what we offer and then what we are offering together which is more new and um, we're excited to tell you about it and how you can participate in that with us like services that we have to offer you locally and then also remotely and we're really just going to dive a lot into what the postpartum time is about and how to create a plan like how to what are the specific logistical things that you can do 
to set yourself up or your partner up or your friend up for a really awesome postpartum. Um, let's start with let's start with what we're doing and yeah. what we're offering right now so yeah. so that you have a sense of that. So we're offering coaching. That's maybe the simplest thing. We're offering a few different options. Remote coaching we're offering individually, which we've we've been doing for a long time, and then together. And we specifically have a package put together that's more for postpartum. So if you're interested in coaching with us, we'll link it down below. And basically what that would be is a combination of coaching with us together and then individual sessions and we would focus on the nutrition of that time, the movement of that time. Yeah. Go into more detail on how to set up structures for your postpartum, which we'll talk about in this podcast, so that you can really heal and thrive and be nourished and supported during that time. And we'll talk about herbs too. Yeah, we'll talk about just like all the things that the body requires during that phase, nutritionally, the things that are... Um, going to support the healing process, the foods, the specific foods that you can incorporate, the nutri- the nutrients that you can incorporate in the foods um, that you can get those nutrients through, and then all the herbs and why those things are important and how to incorporate them. And we'll offer recipes and meal plans and uh, yeah, movement coaching that will support the healing of the pelvic floor. And also if you're local, yeah. You can, there's a, a bonus that we offer, which we will actually uh, do the cooking for you. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Bridget has a couple of coaching cooking clients right now. And wow, I during my postpartum period, that was something that I invested in and I highly recommend, which is having somebody bring you meals. Yeah, and especially nutrient-dense meals with a lot of intention brought into them. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like... That's the time where we want to be eating the most nutrient-dense foods possible. And it's the time where we are tired and don't really have the energy. Um, And it's also challenging to navigate if you're staying at home alone uh, with a (laughs) newborn baby. And so just having the meals prepared where you can go to the fridge and heat those up and have the food available each week brought to you. And also, if you don't live locally, we can coach you on how to prepare those uh, so you could do freezer meals ahead of time and really set yourself up for success there or use a meal delivery service. So I know some great ones and have used with clients that are all over the country. So Yeah, totally. And I'm I'm also going to, or I'll just talk about it now since we're talking about it, is, you know, you can also set up or I would recommend having a friend or family member monitor it for Mm -hmm. you but basically set up a schedule where people can bring you food and place a cooler outside your door so you don't have to be receiving guests at that time but a lot of time people want to know how they can support you after birth in a great way is just saying you can bring me meals and people can you can be on a schedule so you'll be getting meals regularly so that's another good option Um, and we'll go into more options like that yeah I love that So let's start again. I know we kind of talked about it, but postpartum nowadays, you were telling, you were saying how it's such an amazing time of restoration, which I agree Mm -hmm. with. And it's also this, I I read so many books on postpartum. During the first part of my pregnancy, I was really excited about learning about birth and learning about undisturbed birth and how to have an autonomous pregnancy and birth. And then at some point I felt like, cool, I got that. I, I've done all I can. I feel ready for that. Yeah. And then I shifted and got really excited about postpartum. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Totally. I was just like... rock it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I kept like sharing these new things about postpartum. And 
um, you know, Marin from Indie Birth Podcast was so cool to feel as a support during that time because she's done a number of podcasts about postpartum and she and Margot, her business partner, really emphasized that in a way that I haven't heard emphasized elsewhere, even in like the more natural birth community. I feel like it's so much about pregnancy and birth and then it's like lead up to this big event, you know, and it's kind of like it's an athlete who's preparing for this huge event and then nobody's really talking about and then the recovery yeah Yeah. the recovery and I read one of the books I read talked about that an epic postpartum won't just be about recovering and Mm. restoration it'll be about deep healing and it can Mm. be the difference between kind of getting stuck in a place of depletion for many years to come or even you know kind of like the rest of your life to come which isn't to say that in an ominous way I think you can always (laughs) wherever you are at any moment say like now I'm taking control of my (laughs) my life and um but but you can be depleted by this time or it can be this time of like propelling you to the next level and maybe healing something deeper mm. that you have that's been going on for you even before that that's what I was just gonna say is yeah. like as you were sharing I was feeling like how much trauma uh is stored in the organs mm. like each organ is like stores a different type of emotion and yeah. as all that is shifting to make way for the baby and then drops back into place like that's a chance of, it's just, that is a rebirth. Like as you're birthing your baby, like you are also getting to experience a birth for yourself and getting to release that trauma or the emotions or whatever's in there for you, physical illness, ailments, and then get to restore and nourish your body in an incredible way. I love what you said. It's either like you could be depleted for years to come, or you could be stronger and healthier than you've ever been and I think it all happens in the postpartum phase yeah that's so powerful I learned a lot about different cultures when I was studying postpartum and especially how um, cultures more like in the eastern world have still even in modern day practices that are very different from what we're doing in postpartum and so also we're talking about postpartum we're talking about six weeks right now because that's more like the immediate you know rest period that we often hear about some people talk more about three months I think that's a great that's a great time period to think about as postpartum Mm -hmm. too it's like the the last quarter yeah of um, that journey of fourth trimester the fourth trimester Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great book too by the way yeah and also I've heard it's like or a year because a a lot of people nurse their babies for at least a year yeah and so the body is just like you're connected to this being and your hormones are changing and you need more it's just like such a beautiful time and so yeah I think as long as possible I love that and then also you know postpartum is the rest of your life (laughs) now you're postpartum Uh, I love that yeah so it's a really powerful time and something to be honored and the other cultures are honoring it much more um we'll include some books below the first 40 has an amazing amazing Mm, introduction talking uh, the author of it is Chinese Mm -hmm. I believe that's one with all the recipes yeah that has recipes Mm -hmm. in it as well um yeah and and she just talks about, you know, traditions in, in her culture and other cultures where the mother is nourished deeply by people around mm. 
her or people yeah. around them, you know, whoever the tribe or family or yeah, well, yeah. whoever the main caregiver is yeah. too. We really want to be inclusive and recognize that it might not be all people who consider themselves mothers who are listening to this or identify mm. as female. And really this could be, even if the person, even if a child was brought into the family, like not birthed through mm. yeah. biologically in that family, this is a time, you know, it's still a time mm. of restoration and a time to be honored and a time where at least one primary caregiver, usually in this case, the mama is, nurturing the new child and therefore that (laughs) the best way to nurture that child is to nurture the mama I love that that too and I love that that's what that focus is on in so many other cultures it's really about rest restoration and supporting the mama so it's not a time for this being to be entertaining guests Mm -hmm. or passing their baby around of Mm -hmm. course if that's what that person wants that's up to them too but it's really a time where their energy is going to this new child so many hormonal shifts in their body so many so many changes and what they need is to kind of be taken care of like a baby themselves you know especially I know for me in the first few days like first five days following birth it I did need help with simple things like standing up Mm -hmm. with Ilya and I remember taking a lot of sits baths which we'll talk about and I needed help like being able to stand to stand up and sit down because I had had 24 (laughs) hours of like uh, the biggest athletic event of my life which a lot of it was on my hands and knees and I was just like my legs were worked I needed to rest yeah yeah wow cool so such an epic time (laughs) yeah fun to reflect on and that yeah it is such a time of integration with the new baby and that all of the nutrients i mean all of the nutrients that the baby is receiving are coming from the mama yeah and so yeah just like really taking the time to rest and nourish yourself and yeah yeah and to allow yourself to be supported which i know can be a challenging thing so Mm -hmm. we're going to emphasize all the ways you can do that um yeah do you want to just kind of get into our tips yeah okay does that feel like we're on target did we yeah yeah definitely okay so i think the most important thing is to plan for six weeks for yourself mm-hmm. of like no work. I mean, these are all recommendations. Yes. Of course, do what's best for you. <laughs> yes. And we're going to speak to you as if it's you who's experiencing this postpartum to come, but it really could be anybody. Yeah. Um, no work. No work. No cooking. No like, cleaning. Yeah. No, yeah. don't. No, no social events. No. I mean, if you decide, I planned for six weeks of absolutely nothing. And then I was like, after two weeks, I was like, guys, I got to get out. We go get outside. Get outside. Yeah. I got to go do something. But, um, or I wanted people to mm. see people. But really, don't commit to anything. Clear your schedule. And of course, this is all the best you can because we don't usually know when birth is going to happen. Yeah. But really six weeks. And then I think the most important thing besides the rest are the meals. So do you want to talk about, does that feel like a good place to start talking about food and what kind of food you recommend at that time? Yeah, absolutely. So after birth, a main focus is recovering from loss of blood and supporting a huge shift in hormones. Um, The body is really calibrating from pregnancy and creating new hormones as the mama's breastfeeding and um so these hormones can be fueled and all of these adjustments can be fueled by the nutrients we're eating and so i'd love to share some of the nutrients that are most important to get after giving birth 
And those are going to be protein, B vitamins, all B B vitamins, but specifically vitamin B12, choline, which is an essential fatty acid, vitamin A, uh, fatty acids, foods like DHA, which support hormone production and brain health, iodine, which is going to also support hormones and the thyroid, calcium, and folate, iron, and zinc. So all of these uh, nutrients that I just shared, you can get from herbs. So I'm going to talk about herbs first. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it feels like it's a part of food too. Um, Herbs are the most mineral-rich foods available to us. So if you think about it, herbs are the oldest form of medicine. We've been using herbs for thousands of years before any sort of supplement or medication was available. And so I'd like to say that having herbs daily is really powerful. And um, some of my favorite herbs that you can get some of these nutrients I shared are, I guess, my five favorite herbs that I would suggest having during postpartum specifically would be red raspberry. So red raspberry is really awesome because you can have it during pregnancy as well. Uh, So you can have it during pregnancy, postpartum, and it's known as the woman's herb, but it's specifically high in vitamins and minerals for female health, for hormonal female health, and it's high in all vitamins and minerals, specifically B vitamins, which help for relieving nausea during pregnancy and also soothing leg leg cramps and improving sleep. Um, It also, during postpartum, it helps stop bleeding and increasing milk supply. So that's just one to have all the time. And you had red red raspberry leaf throughout pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, gosh, there are just so many different beliefs and you can really choose to sort of feel into ones that feel best for you. And I know that there's different feelings about red raspberry during pregnancy. So I would say whatever feels good for you there, but it felt really good for me during pregnancy. And I loved having that and postpartum. And I mean, I drink it all the time now. (laughs) Totally, yeah. It's a really great herb to have all the time. I mean, you can't go wrong with with drinking herbal tea. Um, So the next, my next favorite one is chamomile, just because it's such a great relaxation and calming tea. Mm. Uh, During the first weeks of postpartum, it just help you relax, calm anxiety, and promote sleep because sleep is going to be, yeah, just (laughs) limited. (laughs) (laughs) And sleeping when you can. So just keeping the nerves relaxed and sipping chamomile uh, throughout the day is going to be great to help your nervous system. Nettle is my next favorite. Nettle is just a super herb and it's it's the most mineral rich herb available to us. So after birth, we have lost, like I said, a lot of blood and a lot of minerals because you are that's a that's a really big athletic event. So <laughs> we are really expending a lot of minerals and electrolytes. So nettle is an awesome one to help regenerate all the, the minerals and electrolytes lost during birth. And it also boosts uh, breast milk supply. So that's another one that's great for that. Um, And dandelion tea. Dandelion tea is really great. Uh, It's also known as a coffee substitute. So um, it... It also stimulates breast milk production. So all a lot of the herbs I'm sharing stimulate breast milk production. So I want to be mindful of that too, to not like overly... Yeah, I felt like I had a lot of milk. Yeah, <laughs> overly, yeah, maybe choosing some that resonate with you um, and just being mindful of that too. Um, 
but dandelion root tea is really high in iron. Um, so with that loss of blood, this is, um, this is one of the teas that's most high in iron. So that would be a great one to implement in. And then oat straw would be my, my last favorite. Oat straw is a nervine tonic and it's really relaxing for the nervous system. So all the hormonal imbalances or stresses that can come up, uh, as the hormones are shifting in our body, this just really helps soothe and ground and... Yeah, so those are the herbs. Cool. Yeah. I want to mention one thing. So this is just an instinct I have. And as you were talking, I was thinking about this. And I feel like, well, one of the reasons two herbs are so great during pregnancy is that I feel like our body is setting ourselves up for postpartum to kind of have mm-hmm. what we need. Yeah. And I feel like there is, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not like... I'm not a <laughs> professional in this, or I don't know how to say the disclaimer, but like I'm going on my experience and things I've read and even more so what I intuit. Yeah. And that is that we have a blood supply that is built up very much during pregnancy. Yeah. Can't remember what, what the blood volume increases, but it's like a third totally. or a half. It's huge. So I know that there is also, there can be fear around blood loss in pregnancy. And I think that it's, it's important to emphasize that like our body has built up Ex, mm. an extra blood supply yeah so that so created a whole nother organ just yeah, for birth totally so i do think it's important and i love that you're emphasizing nourishing it and also like just whenever possible to increase relaxation around blood mm. and my belief that like we in most cases like we have enough and yeah. losing blood is not necessary it's yeah it's okay I love that you're bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful to like know what's going on in our body. And I think there's a lot of fears around birth. And so. Yeah, totally. Dispelling those. We can do another (laughs) podcast on dispelling fears. Yeah. Totally. Um, Cool. You want to get into the foods? Yeah. So foods, we really want to have really nutrient dense, easily digestible foods because there's going to be a lot of energy going to other processes in the body. And so nourishing, nurturing, warming foods that are going to comfort and soothe the body. So herbal tea is such a nice warming uh, drink to have. Soups, stews, and broths. So really, yeah, just warming foods that are packed full of veggies, uh, veggie broths, mushroom broths, bone broths, uh, whatever type of broths you enjoy. Slow-cooked greens are another one of my Mm. favorite. Um... Most vitamins and minerals are fat soluble. And so slow cooking greens in fat is just going to make those nutrients so much more available for the body. And I have a recipe. Um, Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll do a specific postpartum recipe book. But I have a recipe book with a lot of these recipes. Yeah, you do. So, yeah. And as you're saying this, something comes to mind that I want to highlight, which is just like mushy, warm, Mm, nutrient dense, easy to digest, like really like a baby yes yeah absolutely (laughs) totally make it easy for your body yeah and then fats fats are super satiating they're good for brain health they're good for hormone production so there's so many different ways to get fats um you can get them through coconut oil coconut milk grass-fed butter ghee avocados olives seeds nuts yeah, yeah, just all the, all, the, all the fats. Um, eat as many fats as possible during this time. Um, yeah, just like breast milk. You know, get, getting all the all the calories and nutrients 
that you can through fats is really important. And then warming foods, ginger, turmeric, cinnamon, cumin, spices, Mm -hmm. um, which a lot of my recipes are going to have a lot of these spices in them. And yeah, making teas out of ginger and turmeric is great too. And cinnamon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we put cinnamon in our magic mama tea that we make. We do. Yeah. And if you eat meat, slow cooked meats are really nutrient dense and uh, digestible. Fish and sea veggies, so you can get in the iodine I talked about. So you can do nori or seaweed, salmon, uh, any of those, any of those sea sea veggies, sea creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Fermented foods, so we can get in uh, some bacteria through kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut, miso, tempeh, and then root vegetables. Root vegetables are great to incorporate during this time. Mushrooms, casseroles. Yeah, all those things. Grounding food. Really grounding, (laughs) mushy, gushy food. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, if you do live locally, we'll be cooking a lot of these foods for you. And if you don't, we can really set you up with recipes and tips to prepare these foods in bulk so that you do have them available. Um, We can also send, you know, that you could send them to your friends and family. Mm -hmm. So I think you talked about an app that does that. Did you? There is, you know, there's some sort of website that I read about. I haven't even checked it out, but it's something, I don't think I'll look it up and resource it. But if you Google, you could probably find it on your own. But it's something about like... It's not like a food tree, but it's okay. something like that. Uh-huh. You know, like, um, oh, I'm blanking on all the right words. But, yeah. yeah, there are resources just for this. And I recommend just writing out, like, some sort of a schedule or having a family member do it for you. That's so cool. Yeah. I that too. And I also know some people, like, especially people who have, like, a mother's blessing before birth, they sometimes have that as a time to make some things all together. That's sweet. Or to set up a schedule or just, like, kind of have people that want to help out know how they can help out just by that. Yeah. So actually, did you feel ready to move on to another way that people can help out? Yeah. Okay, cool. So another way (laughs) that you can set yourself up for success is to have people who are going to help with the simple daily things like laundry Mm. and cleaning. Those are two huge ones. And I mean, gosh, I use... a lot of laundry. Yeah, which Mm. is funny because... We're minimalists. Yeah. And when, after I gave, like, I read a lot about laundry and I was just like, okay, yeah, I know I'm going to do cloth diapers and stuff, but like how much laundry could there be? But I was, and we were doing laundry every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's helpful to have somebody do that. It's helpful to have somebody, whether it's a person who's preparing your meals or somebody else who's just like cleaning up the kitchen and putting away the dishes and, you know, getting the dishes from your room or just outside Mm. your room or wherever, um, And I kind of see it as I'm envisioning this now. I'm seeing like one or two people who are close to you. So that's probably a partner or a close friend or maybe a doula or somebody that you've hired Mm -hmm. who's like right there for you. They're in the room that you are resting in or they're coming in and out and they're helping you with simple things. Like for me, that was, especially in the first couple days, like changing the pad that I was laying on and allowing myself to free bleed into or like helping me get up and go to the bathroom or, and you know, by day five, I would say those things I was doing on my own, but 
not in the beginning. And I was just learning so much about having a newborn child. So maybe those things were like, can you bring me food? I'm hungry. Or can you change the way these pillows are adjusted? Mm-hmm. Or like, just, can you get me something? I'm warm. Can you get me something? I'm hot yeah. <laughs> or I'm cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever like your very specific needs are, or like, can you just hold me? I need to cry. My hormones are changing right now and mm. I feel totally overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so that you won't kind of maybe want to have that like right next to you person who mm. is your go-to for everything. And that could be a couple people. And then you want somebody who's maybe more like out in another part of your house who's doing like the the cleaning or the cooking or the managing of bringing in food and stuff like that or if you have other children maybe helping out with that or whatever else is specific to your life and what you need yeah I love all that really like setting yourself up to be fully supported yeah and to feel like you can ask for that support yeah and to not yeah this this piece about not having to entertain people so the people that are helping you are just like there to fully support you and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's really a time I think um around family members and guests and friends in general I know that um what I grew up seeing in the movies and in my close family and friends was people you know somebody had a baby and then everybody went to the hospital and they passed the baby around and it's like bright lights Mm. and the mama's there like in a a, a gown you know just yeah. like gave birth who knows what and that's very different than the postpartum I found myself drawn to and like started to learn reading about so I invite you to check in and see what really resonates with you and for me it was knowing that if I invited anybody into my space it was going to be to support me and really help support me so that I could support the baby and really not wanting to have to entertain anyone even if that was like and you know I walked that line at first I felt like I didn't want anyone to visit and then I decided like okay I do I want my mom and sister to visit and Connor's mom and uh, dad visited and I found that these beautiful people like who were were so cool and um, honored us and our wishes in so many ways still like still in hindsight I feel like it took me out of being present a little bit and I did feel a little stressed just like wanting people to have a good time in a new city and being aware of them and wanting to make space to have dinner with them. And I had um, another sibling reach out to me and say, you know, if you want me to, I'll come and I'll just clean and cook. And like, Mm. I know it's not about a time, you know, so, and sometimes people say that and then they're not able to actually honor that. Or sometimes people really know. So maybe there's somebody in your life that, could really honor that in the way that feels good for you or you know maybe you hire someone or maybe it's trial and error and you find out like gosh that wasn't totally ideal but mm-hmm. but I learned from it or yeah whatever and I think us like this podcast just sharing and talking about the things like maybe you don't know right what you want totally that all this could come up or how that would feel and so I love that we're getting to talk about this and talk about the different scenarios and how they could feel and also that that's something that we do in coaching is we you know, yes. figure out what is it that feels aligned for you and yeah. how can we create that really supportive space. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. The other thing that comes to mind is I was just basically naked the whole time. I also yeah. had a birth in like the almost summer in Austin, Texas, so it's quite warm, but it's just kind of like anybody that came by knew like I'd probably be naked and yeah. Ilya too and just like being comfortable with that me and feeling like I wasn't taken out of that Yeah, by them. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about movement? Yeah. Wow, movement. So I really think that 
the first few weeks is important to rest and do as little movement as possible. And then you might start feeling like you want to move. Like maybe like you were feeling. Like Remember my first walk? <laughs> yes. I felt like I was going so fast and you and Connor were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, inching mm-hmm. along. Yeah, so I think it's important to not 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 do any movement the whole time um but to slowly ease into it so I think it was like week two or week three that you felt like you were ready to get up and walk and so really easing into that and so like you know the first walk is probably going to be pretty slow yeah, and just, and just getting to, around the house yeah just to reiterate I was like getting up and walking around the house yeah but yeah. this is like getting outside. out the door yeah getting outside and like really yeah moving your body a little more and then I think starting to incorporate just some gentle exercises, um, pelvic floor exercises and Kegels and just spending time energetically focusing on strengthening that area, just like sending energy down there and toning those walls. And there's a lot of cool exercises that you can do. I'll name a few, uh, pelvic tilts, which are a common one. These that you can look up on the internet and also, I'm going to be creating a video log with these exercises. So there'll be about eight to 10 different exercises that you can go through and they're really gentle and you can implement them on a daily basis. But anything that's going to strengthen the pelvic floor and the core. And so that could look like simple planks, pelvic tilts, uh, dead bugs are one of my favorites. <laughs> I remember doing those. Yeah. 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 Me doing those with a ball really slowly. And like do it when you first start to do all these exercises, like really doing them minimally and slowly. And then over time, I think they're going to feel a lot easier, but movement such a powerful thing to incorporate because yeah. the body has just gone through so much and just spending time strengthening and nourishing that area with with exercises is just as powerful as feeding your body nutrient dense foods. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful to hear. Another thing that comes to mind is just keeping your legs together, which I know isn't mm. a movement, but in it's yeah. a movement of sorts. And a lot of the more the cultures that I look up to around their postpartum practices talk about cold. And um, I love I love Chinese medicine and mm. just like Eastern medicine and the way they talk about more of like nature and the elements in this way. And they talk about like really not wanting cold to get into your body. So yeah. they talk about postpartum as a warm time. You're mm-hmm. having warming foods. Mm-hmm. A lot of cultures were like close all the windows and just keep the room yeah. that the uh, the recovering person is in like really warm. So when this comes to, I think about like we are open. Like we just mm. had this huge opening. And literally like for me, my vaginal tract felt more opening. Like the opening of my vagina felt more open. I could feel this feeling of like I want to keep my legs together I want to keep my womb and Mm. like my pelvic floor warm and like seal things in yeah and like give it time to sort of and like when when I've heard these cultures talk about letting the cold in it's kind of like letting um not disease in but the I guess it would be like that if you get cold it's like you are can you help me out here what am I trying to say like yeah if you get cold you're like it's breeding 
Yeah, I get the sense it's of what like, you're saying. Yeah, it's how, that's feeling hard to explain, but yeah. I'm imagining cold air coming up through, like, my vaginal canal and just feeling, like, damp and... Yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, when I imagine warmth, so yoni steaming, right. too, that's really cool. Sits bass. Sits bass. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did so many sits bass, and it just felt good and yeah. nice, and just having a hot water bottle mm-hmm. or a heating pad. It's like the cold, if you think about, like on a muscle sometimes like how it can like seize up yeah versus the warming being more of like a relaxing healing space okay now i'm getting more visuals too Mm. like blood flow and yeah just like healing energy Mm -hmm. as opposed to the cold's gonna kind of like keep the blood from flowing a little bit right the heat's gonna help stimulate that and promote more healing and yeah 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 so in terms of that like um yeah and i know also some people just like also for the healing of their yoni they want to keep their legs together which totally makes sense and I felt that even without feeling like I had tears that needed to heal I just Mm -hmm. felt like oh my legs want to be together and actually I love practicing my middle splits where my legs are completely separate and that was something that I didn't practice for like at least six weeks it just felt like not the right time for that totally yeah (laughs) it was like everything wants to come back together yeah and that's why I love a lot of the postpartum exercises are keeping the legs together and kind of squeezing the perineum up and in yeah and really tightening and holding and feeling and yeah 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 cool i love that yeah man i'm just looking over our notes about Mm -hmm. this i feel like i feel like we've hit on all the things we wanted to hit on yeah totally good feels really good i did think of something else this is kind of an accessory thing uh, that came up when we were talking about something i was thinking about keeping ourselves into in a relaxed state as much as possible not only for rest but because that also we transmit that to our baby Mm, i love that they you know they just had this epic transition they were inside this super protected womb space and we want to bring them into a womb-like environment Mm. as much as possible and the positive implications of that can be like a really easy breastfeeding experience for example if you have like a i know that easy latch easy latch yeah yeah. just having a more relaxed environment an internal environment and external environment that's really felt by the mama and the baby Mm -hmm. and it leads to things like a great breastfeeding relationship yeah i love that and as you were sharing that i was envisioning like the six weeks postpartum being like an exterior womb space and keeping it warm and dark and relaxing and nourishing Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah like a womb Mm -hmm. yeah okay and i also know we mentioned sits bath but basically can you very quickly just say what a sits bath is yeah a sits bath is having an herb that you steep in the bath so that um and this is maybe one time your legs want to be a little more open is because you're absorbing the benefits of the herbs through your yoni and your perineum and it's taking in all those nutrients there to just promote healing and so that is something that we do in the package that you would get with us is we do all the herbs the sitz baths the herbal tea yeah so yeah sitz baths are awesome yeah i I feel like i took at least one a day and i just took them with Ilya. yeah yeah nice (laughs) Yeah, so gosh, postpartum is such a fun time. <laughs> it's really about uh, rest, restoration. We can't emphasize enough that it's about a time to honor you. And by honoring you, you're really honoring 
the world, honestly, to be completely honest. Um, but that really starts through the way you show up for your new child mm-hmm. and the energy you share with them. And that's really like the energy that you're birthing into the world. So if you're having trouble accessing that kind of nourishment for yourself, you can think about it on this larger scale. Oh, I love that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's really powerful. Such an epic time such a magical time yeah and we're really excited to be connecting with more beings who are who are uh, going into this time with such intention and we want to help bring bring more power and intention to that time and hold space for you and really create what what feels like it's going to be best for you yeah I'm excited to connect with you (laughs) yeah me too yeah thank you so much for being here we'll have lots of links in the show notes yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. See ya.